I, uh, I love <clears throat> wearing clerics. Do you know what the, that is? Those are the, the, the black shirt and pants that I wear, right? And I love wearing them for a couple of reasons. They have pros and cons for sure, but the pros are pretty significant. For example, when I get up in the morning and I go to my closet, <laughs> black or black, you know? Just throw it on. I get to wear the same thing every day. Here's another one. So like what you're wearing right now, if you wore that for two weeks straight at the office, you know, out and about with your friends, your friends would probably look at you and be like, might be time to change, you know? You've been wearing that for two weeks straight. I am currently wearing shirt and pants, my clerics, I've been wearing them for two weeks straight. And you have no idea. It's amazing, because I wear the same thing day in and day out. However, <clears throat> I've been noticing more and more that, like, my presence, the presence of a priest, means something to people whether I want it to or not. And that's just part of the life of being a priest. You know, Bishop Austin Vetter, he one time when we were seminarians, he said, the reason that they call the priesthood the sacrament of holy orders is because the priest brings holy order to situations that they get into. And I've seen this at the hospital. You know, I'll show up, somebody's dying, family's fighting, and like I show up and boom, it just calms. A tragic car accident. Everybody's just freaking out. Nobody, you know, I, I remember this very clearly in Dickinson when uh, Bishop Vetter, I was with him as a seminarian, and he walked in, and this lady, the, the mother came up, the, the kid was in a, a motorcycle accident, and he was going to die. And the grandpa had called him to come in to give the last rites. And she came up and she's like, you stay the heck away from my kid. And Bishop Vetter said, he's like, he's going to die. And either you let me through and we'll send him to heaven together. Or you can stop that. He said, I don't know what's happened to you. And if it was something in the church, I'm sorry. And she just stepped aside. It was amazing to watch. Literally amazing. The priest brings order to every situation. And like, when it, you know, things are just different when you're with a priest. So that's why I know a lot of guys that are married, they love hanging out with me because their wife will always say yes. <laughs> you know, what possible thing could go wrong hanging with Father Waltz? And just so you know, ladies, a lot. There's a lot that could go wrong. But it's crazy. I was uh, one time I was in an airport. You know, whenever I travel, even if it's when I'm going on vacation, I always wear my clerics because <clears throat> in the airport I had run into just. Oh, I, it's incredible how many situations you run into just from what you're wearing. And this guy was sitting down in the. In, we were waiting for the flight, and he came up, and this guy's dressed to the nines, man. I mean, GQ. I've come to find out he's the CEO of some Fortune 500 company, and he's like, "Father," shakes my hand. He's like, "I want. Can we chat?" And I'm like, "Sure." And we sits down. We chat for a while. And uh, I find out he's been away from the church for 25 years. And he tells me why, which was a legitimate reason. And I said, but he, I said, don't you just want to come home? I said, maybe today is the day that after 25 years, I hear your confession. And immediately, men do this all the time. When men get scared of confession, this is what they say. Oh, Father, you don't have the time to hear my confession. It would take too long, right? 
the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> he said this though. He says, oh, Father, he's like, if I, if I confess it, you'd miss your flight. And I look at him. This guy was a, like a, a stockbroker, right? And he was talking about wins and losses. And, and uh, I said, he said, I'll miss my flight. And I said, sir, I would happily miss my flight to hear your confession. And he looks at me, he's like, dang, I guess I lose, huh? <laughs> and right there, right in the airport, heard his confession. 25 years away from the church, back. Now, that's a beautiful story. There's also stories where people don't like the priests and what we represent. And one time I was sitting in the food court, I got Panda Express. I remember this very clearly, I think it was orange chicken. And I was, <clears throat> I was eating my orange chicken and this lady I could see out of the corner of my eye is just staring me down. Just, she was just irritated by something, you know? And I'm like, eating. all of a sudden, she's like, I mean, she's like, hey, I got a real problem with you. And I'm like, who <laughs> me? She comes marching over and just is like, you Catholics, you think you can tell us who we can and can't marry? And I need an annulment. You just tried to block me from marriage. And I'm like, my dear woman, calm down. I said, I think you have a misunderstanding here. What you're talking about is straight from the Bible and Jesus' mouth himself. So you don't have a problem with me. You have a problem with the one I represent, which is Jesus. So go take it up with him. She didn't find the humor in that at all. <laughs> and just started, I mean, berating me. Everybody in the food court just standing there watching this happen. Or another one, I was in Rome, I, I did a pilgrimage with a bunch of kids, <clears throat> and we were walking down the street, it's a very, very busy street. And across the street was this guy, he's in like a black trench coat, tattooed face, dreads, piercings, you know, like he did not look like a happy man, you know? And he's walking this way, and I'm walking this way, and I look over, and we just connect, like lock eyes, and he just, in an instant, steps right into traffic. I mean, people slamming on brakes, horns flying, and he is beeline. He is coming right at me. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm going to die, you know? <laughs> and I'm just standing there. I didn't do anything to this guy. And he gets to me, and as he walks up to me, he spits in my face. And I'm not talking like a... <laughs> I'm talking like a... <laughs> like my face was covered. In spit. And I'm like, what the heck? It was nothing that I did. It was simply what I was wearing. It was so incredible to me while I was thinking about this. And then I was reminded of this story. You know, Mother Teresa, the habit that she wears, the Missionaries of Charity, it's that blue and white habit. It's called a sari, okay, because they're from India. And there, she was in America, and this reporter came up and she's like, why do you nuns wear these silly outfits anyway? And Mother Teresa, on a dime, she was just so witty and so quick. She looks over and she's like, what does that guy do for a living over there? And the reporter looks, she's like, well, he's a, he's a cop. Mother Teresa's like, how do you know he's a cop? Well, be, because of what he's wearing. She's like, and now you understand why we wear our silly little habits and walked away. You would never know. And here's the thing. There's, time, there's times, you guys, like, like all of you, I just want to get away. I want to be normal, whatever that is in the priesthood. And so, like, I go to the YMCA, you know, like once a year. And, and when I go there, I'm not dressed in my blacks. I'm dressed in sweats and a t-shirt. And I just disappear. 
It's amazing. Like two weeks ago, I was out really early. I was just going for a walk. And one of the parishioners, who I know very well, was out, outside working on the flower pots. And I got my hat on, you know, and sweats and just walking. And I walked past her and I'm like, good morning. She looks at me and she's like, morning. Goes back to work and I'm like, no, good morning. She turns around and she's like, oh my gosh, father. Like I just go invisible. It's like this cloak of invisibility. I've walked right past people in the mall that I know. And they don't see me because I'm not wearing my black. But here's the best part. I'm almost, I'm almost to my point. <laughs> but the best part is, is when you're not wearing your clerics and you get into a conversation with somebody and they don't know you're a priest. But the conversation is moving in such a way that you're going to have what I call the great reveal. When I get to tell them who I am. And I was at the Y and this guy, he just came up to me. I don't know why, just struck up this conversation. I have never heard someone use the F word this many times in this short of a time period. It was like, it was around deer season. He's like, oh, I shot this effing deer and the effing buck was effing 200 effing yards, effing run, F, 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 F. And I'm just like, good Lord, man. And he gets to the end of it and he's like, so what the F do you do? And I'm like, oh yeah. And I'm like, actually, I'm a Catholic priest. He's like, well, I better get going. <laughs> Just that. If I would have said, I'm a lawyer, nothing. If I'm a doctor, nothing. If I'm an astronaut, nothing. But when I say I'm a Catholic priest, it does something to people. The reason I'm bringing all this up is because in my life, you guys, I am forced to be authentic. The truth about who I am is exposed everywhere I go. When people look at you, they don't know you're Catholic. They know I'm Catholic. And so I'm expected then to behave in a certain way. And God forbid if I don't. Any other Christian can behave any way they want. And they can pose as a Christian. But not me. And this is my point today. It's way easier to be a fake and just go along with things rather than take a stand and tell people who you really are. In fact, Jesus doesn't even like people that pretend to be somebody they're not. In the gospel today, we hear about the temple tax, right? And we hear from Matthew's gospel. Luke also has this same gospel, but he, tell, he adds one little detail. He says this. He said... They sent agents to him, ready, pretending to be righteous men who tried to trap him in his speech. These guys are pretending to be somebody they're not. And Jesus hates this. He hates it. And I think, you know, some people think that meeting Jesus would be a really pleasant thing. I mean, it would be if you're authentically living your faith. But if you're not, if you're one person, right, at church, if you're another person, at work, if you're another person at home, if you're another person on the golf course, I don't know how nice it's going to be to encounter him. Because Jesus looks at this man and he says, knowing their malice, he says to him, you hypocrites. Now we hear hypocrites like, Jesus is always saying hypocrite. What's the big deal? A hypocrite, it was a Greek word that meant, it was in reference to actors. Because actors, it's, a hypocrite means the one who wears a mask. Because actors pretend to be somebody they're not. Does this ring true for you at all? 
Does it ever happen where you know you should be standing up for what you believe in, but you don't? And it might not make you a hypocrite, for the record. It might just make you afraid. Or it might just make you, I don't know, weak. And that's just part of life. You know, everybody thinks this story is about the separation of church and state. Right? Keep church and state separate. Jesus says, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. So render unto the government what they deserve. And give to God what belongs to God. Keep them separate. Nothing could be further from the truth. Jesus does not want us to keep things separate. He wants our yes to be yes and our no to be no. He wants us to authentically live our faith. Not to shut our mouths. You know, I was thinking about this. If you have deeply held convictions about who your faith life, what do those deeply held convictions mean if you can't take them, as they say, you know, there's this line, to the bedroom, the boardroom, and the voting booth? If they just go out the window, when you go on vacation, what does that really say about you? Are you authentically living it? Or is it just kind of a show or something that makes you feel good? You know, what would it look like if Catholics just kind of sort of lived their faith? That they didn't authentically live it in every aspect of their life, but just sort of lived their faith. You know what it looked like? The world we have right now. It's an absolute mess. Because we, we value comfort more than we value discipline. And we comfort, we value getting along more than we, we value the truth. And I'm not saying you have to be a jerk about this stuff. But you got to speak. We have to speak. And you know what? When we do speak, when we do stand up, when we really live our faith, you want to know what it looks like? I'm going to tell you what it looks like. And I've done this before, but it's worth repeating. When we really live our faith, we come up with ideas like hospitals. That's our idea. The Catholic Church came up with that. Why? Because it looked out and it said, you just can't take a sick person and let them die. They're creating the image and likeness of God. We've got to care for them. It doesn't matter if you're handicapped, Down syndrome. It doesn't matter if you're old, young, woman, man, black, white. It doesn't matter. Everybody deserves to be treated with love and respect when they're suffering. Our idea. How about penicillin? You know the founder of penicillin, Alexander Fleming, Catholic, why was he researching penicillin? Because he was trying to figure out a way, an antibiotic, so that people wouldn't die. He wanted to give life, because that's what Jesus gave to us. The Mayo Clinic, arguably the greatest hospital in the world. It's a Benedictine-run hospital. It was, it was founded by the Benedictine nuns. The greatest artists of the world, Michelangelo, Bernini, Raphael, Giotto, Frangelico, Cezanne. I could go on and on and on. They're all Catholic. We came up with the idea of orphanages. Why? Because we looked out, we saw a problem of little children abandoned on the street. And people said, they can't, we can't let this go on. And so they stood up for what they believed in and they started homes to care for these children. Why? Because they're creating the image and likeness of God as well. We're the largest charitable organization on the planet. We came up with the scientific method. Why? Because we, we, we value discovery. We value creativity. We re value ingenuity. Copernicus, I just learned this. I love it. I just keep learning. Did you know that Copernicus was, he was actually, you ready for this? Father Copernicus. He was a Catholic priest. I didn't know that. Galileo, Catholic. The chemist and inventor of pasteurization, Louis, Louis Pasteur, Catholic. 
Gregor Mendel, the father of modern genetics, Catholic. The one who dreamt up the theory of the Big Bang, Father George Lemaitre, Catholic, priest. We came up with the idea of universities. Why? Because we got to educate people so that they can educate others, so that we can have a better society. Christianity, you guys, Christianity civilized the West. Why is the East such a mess still? Why is there no peace? Because all they know is war. That's what Islam is, is war. But Christianity is different. We own more property than any one person, company, or organization on the planet. We have cities throughout America that are named after our Catholic saints because the missionaries founded those towns. We are the proud owners of the largest church in the world, St. Peter's Basilica. Did you know that you know, the Civic Center downtown? Anywhere from five to seven Civic Centers can fit inside of St. Peter's Basilica. To give you just a, just a concept of the scale of that thing. Here's one for you. We compiled the Bible. That's kind of a big deal. We give hope to hopeless situations. We make the best beer. We do. The, the, the Belgian monks have made the greatest craft beers ever. The, the greatest vineyard in France, Chateau Neuf du Pape. The papal vineyard. But why? Because Christianity wants to make the world beautiful. And the world wants to make it ugly. You tell me what little Wayne has done for our young people. You tell me what Nicki Minaj, Cardi B, and these idiots called the Kardashians have done for our youth. You tell me what Netflix, Amazon, social media has done to develop creativity and ingenuity. Nothing. Nothing. All it's done is made lazy, boring Americans. That's it. For far too long, we have shut our mouths. We've been good little boys and girls, gotten along with the culture. Well, guess what? The line has been drawn. And either you stand up and be who you were created to be, or you walk away. But don't play the middle ground anymore. You were created to be a saint. A saint that burns so hot in their convictions that they start others on fire. Remember, the entire Catholic Church, you guys started with 12 uneducated fishermen. And they upended the world. Don't sit back and tell me, what can I do, just little old me? If God could do it with 12, he can do it with less than that. But what he needs is people that really, really believe that with God, all things are possible. And that they authentically live what they profess to believe.